Matt Hicks, the FF Educator, and it is draft week. I am so excited about it. This is what we're building up to all year, and this is a very special part of draft week for me. I did it for the first time last year. It was a hit. I loved it. So we are back with the 2023 edition of 100 Things You Need to Know About the 2023 NFL draft class. So what I'm going to be doing here is breaking down 100 facts, items, pieces of information, call it what you want, of the 2023 draft class. It is mostly going to be focused on players. So we're going to be talking about over 90 players here, but it is also going to talk about things like uh, historical draft capital, landing spots, uh, my realistic projections for what uh, some of these top-end players can be. So it's going to be a nice combination of deep diving for those who love it, focus on guys at the top, little nuggets that might help you navigate your draft, or if nothing else, just get some nice entertainment here in a much different way than what you're probably getting. Before we jump into it, I want to talk about what you can be getting here at the Rookie Big Board if you are not already subscribed if you're not already a patron, folks, if you're listening to this type of episode, this is what we're doing all year long. We're talking rookies. We're talking Devi. We're talking Dynasty. More importantly, this is the time of year. The 2023 Rookie Guide Volume 2 will drop no later than the Monday after the NFL Draft. Much more likely, it drops Sunday evening, uh, nearly as soon as the NFL Draft ends. And that will have updated projections on every rookie, updated profiles, updated rankings on all the rookies here. Draft cheat sheets, so many good things. There are over 100 plus pages. And remember, folks, Volume 2 is available to every patron so you just need to get in at three dollars a month you save 15 percent if you sign up for the annual subscription you'll also get access to my full seasonal projections those rookies get plugged in as the draft happens of course the rookie big board rankings and folks probably the most valuable resources in the discord we have a channel that's called on the clock and during rookie draft season, that thing goes off nonstop. It's not just me, but it's the whole community, 200 plus individuals in the Discord giving you insight and feedback on your rookie draft. Again, for just $3 a month, I don't know that there's a better value out there. But without any further ado, we're going to get into number one here. And I'm going to start with some fun. Tight end Zach Koontz out of Old Dominion, 6'7", 255. What you need to know about this guy is he's probably going day three of the NFL draft. His name might surprise you. It should not. Zach Koontz is a Penn State transfer. And in 2021, his first year with the Monarchs, 73 receptions, 692 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. That's not too bad for a guy who's 6'7", 255. Sure to be a favorite here in deep leagues. We're talking five, six-round leagues. There's no way that Zach Koontz doesn't make it off the board. He might even end up, depending on landing, 
landing spot going in the fourth round here of your traditional 48-pick draft. Joseph Ngata, a name a lot of people have probably forgotten, is our next one here. Wide receiver out of Clemson. He was second in receptions for the team with 41 in 2022. If you look at Ngata's mock draftable comps, you're going to see Ben Skoronek. You're going to see Josh Gordon. You're going to see Mac Hollins. You're going to see Demarius Thomas. Those are pretty good mock draftable comps, and that's pretty good for a guy that's kind of been forgotten about as the Clemson offense has been uh, pretty forgettable here. So Ngata, he's probably a borderline seventh round UDFA type guy, but if you're looking at somebody here to just track in the offseason, uh, Joseph Ngata is going to be fun to watch through camp season. Johnny Wilson, the wide receiver out of Florida State, is 6'7", 235. Now he's athletic. And he is a big man. He has big man catch radius. He has some of the most fun catches from the 2022 collegiate season. But he does have pretty suspect hands at times, which is why you really haven't heard too much more about him. Now, I should mention, folks, here, I am not going in any particular order in terms of the rankings, but you'll see overall I'm going to start with uh, guys who are going to be lower and deeper in the rankings. And then I promise by the end of the episode, we're going to have something on every uh, drafted player. Like every player that's definitely going to get drafted in rookie drafts, we'll have at least one fact on them. But we like to start by digging deep here. Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback out of Purdue. Now, this guy is really interesting here because when I was watching him live throughout the season, I said to myself, O'Connell, man, this guy could end up on an NFL roster. I went back, I watched his tape, and I was like, ah, I just don't see it. It was inconsistent. The mechanics weren't really there. But Aiden O'Connell has gone on seven 30 visits. Now, when I say a 30 visit, that means each NFL team has the opportunity to bring in a guy um, bring in 30 guys, I should say. Every NFL team can bring in 30 guys, but just 30 guys. So who they bring in to have one-on-one -on -one interviews and conversations and workouts with, it's pretty significant. So when I see that Aiden O'Connell had seven 30 visits with Las Vegas, New Orleans, the New York Jets, Chicago, Cincinnati, Dallas, and Indianapolis, that to me says that he's definitely getting drafted. He's probably getting drafted early day three, which quite frankly, folks, means he's going to get bumped up on the rookie big board because that's not my current projection for him. Tavion Thomas, if, you, if you're if you an avid listener of the Rookie Big Board, you know the name Tavion Thomas, the running back out of Utah. I liked him. I liked him a lot last year. If you go back, watch his 2021 tape. It's pretty fun. You watch his 2022 tape. It's slow. It's less explosive. I don't know what happened, but he lost a gear. He looked like a plotter. He went to the combine, did not look good. If you uh, get tempted by Tavion Thomas, I probably would not, and I would not be shocked if his name ends up getting called uh, at the end of the draft as a fullback. I think he could make that move, and I think he could be a good NFL fullback, but not fantasy relevant, of course. A running back, Travis Dye, 5'10", 201. Travis Dye out of USC had 25 touchdowns over the last two seasons with the Trojans. I would say a, a, an end zone specialist. I don't know. That sounds maybe uh, a little demeaning. Probably a guy who starts off on the practice squad. I do think he's going to be on that round seven UDFA, PUDFA. By the way, when I say PUDFA, I mean preferred UDFA. So one of these guys that gets a lot of calls on a lot of offers as soon as the draft ends. I definitely think he's going to be a name that pops up once or twice through camp season. Malik Knowles, the wide receiver out of Kansas State. He led Kansas State in receptions last year with 48. Remember, that was a good Kansas State team, that Kansas State team that did win the Big 12 title, not TCU. 
Knowles averaged 15.1 yards per reception. He's a deeper name, but I do think he could hear his name end up being called again towards the end of the 2023 NFL Draft. Cameron Peoples, 2,500 plus rushing yards over the last three seasons for App State. Now, that's pretty significant. Um, because if you're not familiar with App State, they have a pretty split backfield scheme. I mean, these guys will run out three, four different running backs in a game. Uh, they like to keep them fresh, and they like to keep them moving here because they really do run their offense on the ground. So uh, Cameron Peoples, despite having one of the best names in the draft, also does have some relevancy, and I know NFL front offices do like him a bit. Brenton Strange, the tight end out of Penn State, 6'4", 253, 91st percentile in the 10-yard split 92nd percentile in the broad jump 82nd percentile in the vert now that's going to translate to some pretty interesting mock draftable comps here that's dallas clark isaiah likely daniel bellinger by the way i'm going to reference mock draftable a good bit here because it's pretty fun to look at that uh, when i say mock draftable if you're not familiar it's a great site uh, they compare everybody's combine testing. It's a huge historical database. And based on who performs at a similar athletic level, they'll give you some comps from recent and, and you know, much further past history as well. So Brenton Strange had a pretty good one there. Princeton Fant. Tight end out of Tennessee really popped during the Shrine Bowl. While watching the Shrine Bowl live and, uh, you know, uh, reading up on the practices there, Princeton Fant was one of the uh, guys who really uh, shined uh, at the Shrine Bowl. Three touchdowns on 22 receptions for Tennessee in 2022. Was not a, a prominent piece of the passing game, but when they threw him the ball, he was relevant. And as you could tell, he can bring in touchdowns. Probably going to play more of an H-back role at the next level, so not super fantasy relevant, but he's somebody whose name you're going to hear called, so I figured I'd bring him up there. That's our first 10. We still have 90 to go, folks, so we're going to keep moving through at a pretty smooth pace. Tanner Morgan. All right, this is a fun one. I'm bringing this one up uh, just to check myself here. No real fact on Tanner Morgan, except I once... And I went back and I tried to find the article. I'm guessing 2021 uh, would have been the year that I did this. But when I was still with uh, the NFL Draft Bible as part of Sports Illustrated here, I did a mock draft that included Tanner Morgan in the first round. So I bring up this one just for a little bit of humility here and just have a little bit of fun with that. It's a big oof. but uh, And at the time, it was a reach. But a couple years back, Tanner Morgan had serious day two conversation. And he just kind of fell off as he kind of just aged into college. Uh, Sir Roderick Thompson here, uh, running back at a Texas Tech, 40 touchdowns in five seasons for the Red Raiders. He got a late senior bowl call up. Now is interesting. You know, there were other players who uh, maybe could have gotten a call up and didn't want it or however that happens. That's a whole process. He didn't necessarily look great at the senior bowl, but I wouldn't be shocked if Sir Roderick Thompson does hear his name called uh, this weekend. Mitchell Tinsley. A wide receiver at a Penn State was at Western Kentucky, transferred to Penn State for the 2022 season. This is an interesting guy. He's got a really odd frame. He's 5'11", 199, so a little bit smaller, but he has 86th percentile hands, so he's got huge hands, but a smaller frame. But then he runs his 40 time, and his 40 time is in the 17th percentile. So I'm not really here to talk about Mitchell Tinsley. I'm here to talk about the fact that those mock draftable comps, his top two are uh, Jalen Tolbert and Romeo Dubs. So I just wanted to throw some strays there at Tolbert and Dubs. Malik Cunningham, the quarterback out of Louisville here. He's a five-year starter for the Cardinals, uh, which, of course, NFL front offices are going to like. They're going to hear a lot about Malik Cunningham's legs. 
3,179 rushing yards and 50 rushing touchdowns in five seasons with Louisville. And remember, folks, at the college game, if you get sacked, that's negative rushing yards. So in reality, Malik Cunningham probably had a lot more there. Luke Schoonmacher, a tight end out of Michigan, Shrine Bowl standout. 95th percent broad jump, 83rd percent 40 yard. I've heard some folks suggest that Schoenmacher could be a late day two selection, more likely an early day three selection, but definitely a tight end that you're going to want to keep an eye on. Jalen Moreno Cropper, you might just know him as Jalen Cropper. He's added that Moreno into his name, so his full name is now Jalen Moreno Cropper. He had a lot of hype as a day three buzz guy in the 2021 draft cycle, um, and that was coming off of an 899-yard uh, and 11-touchdown season. He was very quiet this year uh, despite having more receiving yards in 1086 and another five touchdowns. Now, he's likely a preferred UDFA, but again, another guy that I'm going to be watching closely here over the summer. Mo Ibrahim is somebody who could end up getting drafted even if he in rookie drafts, even if he doesn't end up getting drafted in the NFL draft. He has three 1,000-plus yard seasons for uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and that does include 1,160 rushing yards as a true freshman uh, there in Minneapolis. The catch here, though, is that he has a torn Achilles in 2021, and so I think that medical has really held him off of a lot of boards. He's not super fast, and he's not super athletic, so that wasn't enough to necessarily necessarily save him borderline undrafted type player but he's going to have his truthers out there and there's going to be a truther in your league it could be you matt landers wide receiver out of arkansas he ran a 4-3-7-40 yard dash coming in at 6-4-200 pounds he's going to get drafted if you know nothing else about matt landers and folks i'm going to level with you i don't know much more about matt landers i know he's going to get drafted Jake Bobo, here's a guy I do know a little bit more about. Watching Jake Bobo pretty closely here, playing college fantasy football. He's always been super relevant, you know, not as a high-end guy, but as somebody to fill into your lineup here. He led Duke in receptions with 74 in 2021. He transfers to UCLA. He leads UCLA in receptions with 57 in 2022. So I think Jake Bobo is somebody who NFL front offices have their eye on. Probably a 6th, 7th round pick, but uh, a fun pick nonetheless. Demario Davis, Demario Douglas, sorry, out of Liberty, 5'8", 179, 97% broad, 89% vertical. The man can jump. All right, that's 20 out of 100. Things that you need to know about the 2023 NFL Draft class. We're going to talk a take a little bit of a pause here from talking about players, and we're going to talk about draft capital. Now, from 2018 to 2021, there was an average of 6.25 quarterbacks taken in days one and two. That's rounds one through three. In 2021, or 2022, I'm sorry, you'll remember there was infamously just one, just Kenny Pickett. Now, it'll be interesting this year because we probably will end up getting below average. There's probably, we know fairly confidently that there's going to be five quarterbacks taken in days one and two. Again, rounds one through three. Of course, those being Will Levis, uh, Hendon Hooker, most likely, is going to go round one. If not, he will go top 50. And then, of course, you have C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. The key will be if one of these guys, Jake Hayner, Max Duggan, who we're going to get to in a little bit later, can sneak into the second round to keep them, keep this draft class close to average. But overall, in terms of draft capital, this quarterback class is probably going to be below average. In 
let's uh, move on to the running back position here. In 2022, we got 10 running backs that went in rounds four and five, early day three. That is a, a part of the draft we have traditionally devalued for fantasy football. But again, 10 running backs went in that range last year. That was double the amount taken in each of 2021 and 2020. In both of those years, just five running backs went in rounds four through five. Looking at this year's draft class, I think that we can push that 10 number and potentially go even higher. So maybe we have a little bit of a trend here going at the running back position. I think the fantasy takeaway is we need to stop devaluing those guys. They absolutely can hit, and we have proven evidence of that. Wide receiver draft capital here. Since 2018, an average of 11.5 wide receivers have gone between picks 21 and 102 in the NFL draft. Those are very intentionally selected numbers because they reflect the rookie big board uh, uh, draft capital tier breaks here. Now, so that's 10, or I'm sorry, that's 11.5. I think between picks 21 overall and 102, we could easily see more than 11.5. I think we're going to be above average in that. I wouldn't be shocked if it's closer to 15. So I think we're going to blow that out of the water. Speaking of which, since 2020, only two tight ends have gone top 50. Since 2020, only two tight ends have gone in the top 50 picks in the NFL draft. We should have at least four in this year's draft. We could have five in this year's draft. It's a pretty special tight end class, and I know we've mentioned it, but I don't think we've mentioned it quite enough. All right, let's get back to players here. Dorian, Thompson, Robinson, quarterback at a UCLA, getting a lot of buzz. He's athletic. He has mobility. I think if nothing else, he's going to be a nice weapon for a creative-minded offensive coach. It's going to be a great addition to a practice squad, if nothing else, and he could be a whole lot more. Clayton Toon, quarterback at a Houston, he had a 30 visit. He had a 30 visit to Cleveland. Teams like his size and his athleticism. I don't like his tape, but teams do like his tape. The fact that he even got a 30 visit means he's probably going to get, you know, at least decent draft capital. I'd say probably rounds four or five right now. Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee, quarterback out of Stanford. You'll still see him in some top 100, uh, as a top 100 pick in some mock drafts. We is way below that mark, folks. Zero 30 visits. I think it backs up what I've been saying since summer scouting on Tanner McKee, which is he is not in the conversation of even being really a top 10 quarterback for me in this year's draft class. Will Mallory, a tight end out of Miami, high four-star recruit. If you go back to his recruiting profile in 2018, he was tight end eight overall. And then athleticism holds. He ran a 4.54 40-yard, 92nd percentile, and a 36.5 vertical, 86th percentile. Uh, Braden Willis, tight end out of Oklahoma. He had 39 receptions for the Sooners in 2023. That was second only to Marvin Mims. 514 yards, seven touchdowns. Those seven touchdowns led the way for that team. Josh Weil, tight end out of Cincinnati. This is a name I do hear a lot as a sneaky sleeper. And I think it's probably only going to get worse because he's going to have early day three draft capital. But if you watch draft wild tape, you're going to see him line up all over the field, in line, outside, H-back. Uh, and I think at the NFL level, he's probably going to be more of an H-back. He has Joseph Deguaris screaming all over him here. We're going to forget about him for fantasy football in a couple of years. 
Grant Dubow, wide receiver out of Charlotte, got a senior bowl invite, didn't super pop during the week, but for the 49ers out of the University of Charlotte, he had 62 receptions uh, in uh, 2021, 64 receptions in 2022. I do think he'll be a late day three selection. Jaden Hazelwood, this one hurts my heart, a former five-star four overall recruit in the 2019 class. He's 133rd all time by 247 Sports. He just never put it together. It was injuries. It was transferring. He never got it together. He's still going to be somebody who I'm watching through camp season here, and I'm going to hold out some hope in super deep leagues. I will roster him, and I'm going to be honest, folks. I'm going to have him because he's going to transfer over in a couple campuses to Canton rosters as well. Ronnie Bell out of Michigan, uh, 64 receptions, was nearly double the second highest wide receiver for the Wolverines. That was Cornelius Johnson, who had uh, 32. Uh, so I guess doing my math correctly, that's exactly double. Four touchdowns for Ronnie Bell this season as well. So definitely the highlight of a passing attack that wasn't you know necessarily the what we were talking about from Michigan. Xavier Valade had two 1,000-plus yard seasons as a running back at Wyoming. He transferred to Arizona State this year, casually puts up 1,192 yards and 16 touchdowns, and literally nobody, including myself, is talking about him. It's likely because of the frame, but I do think he's going to be one of these undersized running backs that even if he ends up as a UDFA, can hang around an NFL roster for a while. Keaton Mitchell, running back out of East Carolina. He's fast, he's fun, he's 5'8", 179, and he ran the 95th percentile in the 40-yard dash, 4-3-7-40. Cameron Latu, four-star recruit uh, for Alabama. He plays tight end, but the athleticism is clear. I mentioned he was a four-star recruit. He was actually an edge recruit. So like I said, that athleticism definitely comes through. Tyson Bajent, all-time passing leader in Division II Shepard, 1,000, sorry, 17,034 passing yards, 159 touchdowns to 73 interceptions, uh, 60% uh, completion in 53 games. Mega numbers there for Tyson Bajent. Jaron Hall, Jaron Hall, this is a fun one. All right. Ready? He was a member of the 2016 recruiting class. Yes, he's going to come into the uh, NFL age 25. That's fine. That's fine. That's not. We're not knocking him for that. But I want to point out, you go back to the 2016 recruiting class, the top quarterback in that recruiting class, Shea Patterson. You may remember Shea Patterson uh, of Michigan and Ole Miss. All right, so Shea Patterson, he has played on six teams in three leagues since graduating college. That includes the NFL, the UCFL, and the CFL already. So while Shea Patterson has played on six teams, uh, Jaron Hall will hear his name called to play on his first team. Stetson Bennett, whose name will also be called probably later in the draft, he earned the nickname Mailman because when he was trying to get recruited coming out of high school to Georgia, he was a relative unknown, undersized. We know the whole walk-on story with uh, Stetson Bennett. But he earned that mailman nickname because he wore a USPS, a U.S. Postal Service hat to camps to try to stand out and be unique. Well, Stetson, there is definitely no forgetting you now, and you have earned that. Deuce Vaughn. I love Deuce Vaughn. He's super fun, but at 5'5", he would be the shortest relevant running back in at least the modern NFL. He was only able to go back so much. Did a pretty good amount of research for this, uh, but maybe I came up short. Ah, no pun intended. But Sproles is the closest comp we can get at 5'6". Jaquiz Rogers was 5'6". Maurice Jones-Drew was 5'7". All right, another quick uh, break here. 
uh, from players as we get into the 41st thing that you need to know about the 2023 NFL Draft class. And we're going to talk about rookie production in this next run of facts. Quarterback rookie production. Since 2018, seven quarterbacks have averaged more than 16 fantasy points per game as rookies. For those playing along at home, I'm going to give you a quick moment here to go ahead and try to guess those players in your head before I rattle them off. And here we go. It's Justin Herbert. It's Kyler Murray. It's Joe Burrow. It's Josh Allen. It's Baker Mayfield, it's Daniel Jones, and it's Gardner Minshew. That last one may have thrown you for a loop. Now, again, this is fantasy points per game, so it's worth noting that Josh Allen played in 12 games, Joe Burrow played in 10 as rookies. Now, it's likely that just below two will have that number this year uh, because likely um, we would need Levis and Stroud to beat that average. I don't think Levis is going to do it. Anthony Richardson shouldn't do it. Um, and Hendon Hooker likely won't do it either. So, um, or I'm sorry, Bryce Young. We're going to need Bryce Young and CJ Stroud to beat that average. All right, rookie running back production here. Since 2018, 12 running backs have seen 200-plus rushing attempts as rookies. That is a very good number because you're going to be pushing 225 to 215 overall touches, which is an ideal for any running back here. Now, Najee Harris with 307 has the most since 2018. Last year, Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce, and Tyler Algier all did it, um, which is great because it shows it can come from different draft capital ranges. Now, again, going back to last year, we have Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson leads all rookie wide receivers and targets since 2018 with 147. However, 24 wide receivers have seen 80-plus targets since 2018 as rookies. 13 of them have seen 100-plus targets now, folks who don't dig deep into the projections, 80 and 100 plus targets are very good marks to hit, and it shows that rookie wide receivers absolutely can produce quickly, and they're not always the ones that we expect. And let's touch on the tight ends here before we get back into individual players. Pat Freyermuth with seven is the only tight end to have more than four touchdowns as a rookie since 2018. He and Kyle Pitts are the only tight ends with more than 70 targets. Fermuth had 79 as a rookie. Kyle Pitts had 110 targets. Jake Hayner, aforementioned Jake Hayner. His 2021 performance against UCLA has been deemed by many as the best individual performance of any quarterback in the class. Now, if you go and look at the stat line, it's 39 for 53, 73% completion rate, which is great but just a two-touchdown-to-one-interception ratio. But if you watch that tape, you see clutch performance, you see him standing in tough against wicked pressure, and you see him leading a Fresno State team that had no business uh, matching up and throwing punch-for-punch punch against UCLA. Max Duggan. Max Duggan is a four-year starter at TCU. He started from his true freshman season. The only time he wasn't the starter for the Horn Frogs is when he lost the camp battle this year to Chandler Morris, but then he quickly replaced him. So Max Duggan is a leader in a lot of ways. His teammate, Darius Davis, wide receiver, has six special team touchdowns in his career. He has one kick return and five punt returns. Two of those punt returns came off of just 18 punt return attempts in 2022. Michael Wilson, the wide receiver at Stanford, was a high four-star recruit in 2018. He was the 20, 241st national player, the 42nd wide receiver, 
And when I talk about these recruiting profiles, oftentimes that suggests high athleticism. And that definitely transfers over. He's 87% in the 10-yard split from the 40-yard dash this year. 76% vertical, 75% broad jump. Peyton Durham, tight end out of Purdue, 101 receptions, 1,027 yards, and 14 touchdowns the past two seasons for Purdue. I like Peyton Durham a lot. I think he's floating way under the radar. I think he's going to hang around as an NFL pro for a long time. Number 50, the 50th thing you need to know about the 2023 NFL draft class is Dontavian Wicks. Dontavian Wicks averaged 21.1 yards per reception in 2021. He had 57 receptions for 1,203 yards. A.T. Perry averaged 15.6 yards per reception over his career. 171 receptions for 2,662 yards and 28 touchdowns. In 2021, he had... Uh, his career best of 18.2 yards per reception. Kenny McIntosh, the running back into Georgia, good tape. Really liked his tape, but troubling combine. A 4.62 40-yard dash, 26th percentile. He did salvage a little something because he had the 70th percentile 10-yard split, which kind of helped reinforce that explosiveness that you can see on his tape, but probably still a late day three prospect and probably a rotational running back. Now, Christopher Rodriguez, the running back out of Kentucky, could also end up being a rotational running back, but he was 19th in career SEC rushing yards with 3,643, despite playing in just 33 games over five seasons. Tyler Scott, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. We talked about Tyler Scott a good bit here over the weekend in the Rookie Big Board Discord, which again, as a friendly reminder, just $3 a month gets you access to that and everything else. His mock draftable comps, Calvin Austin, John Ross, Corey Coleman. That's a really interesting group of guys to be comped to here. 96% broad, 89% vertical jump, 76% tile 40 score or 40 time. Trey Palmer. All right, ready? Here's a fun one. Trey Palmer shared a wide receiver room with Kayshawn Boutte uh, in that major 2021 season. That 2021 season is the reason that we are still, not we, uh, as in you know, me and you, but we as in the community are still, you know, keeping Kayshawn Boutte at the top of our mind. Now, it's interesting because Trey Palmer is currently higher on the rookie big board than Kayshawn Boutte. Here's a, a little bit of a spoiler. Kayshawn Boutte is not going to get his own fact here, so you can call this a two-for-one. But if you go back to that 2021 season, uh, Trey Palmer had just eight less receptions for Kayshawn Boutte and just 165 less receiving yards. There's your fun fact for Trey Palmer. Elijah Higgins, a wide receiver to Stanford as well. Mock draftable comps, comps are uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Josh Gordon. I just thought that was a really interesting combination of comps there. Uh, he's likely to move to tight end at the next level, so he could be that sneaky athletic tight end here. Uh, Kendra Miller, 1,000. He was player 1,616 in the 2020 class. All right, this is just some fun a number play here. So Kendra Miller was the running back two for Zach Evans uh, the entire time that Zach Evans was at TCU. But Kendra Miller sticks with TCU while Zach Evans transfers out to Ole Miss, and that's why Kendra Miller got the opportunity to shine in the way he did this year. But Zach Evans, who he played behind, was the 16th overall recruit in the 2020 class. So where Kendra Miller was 1,616, Zach Evans was just 16, 
And because Miller stuck with it, he ends up, you know, earning that position. Xavier Hutchinson, 254 receptions in three seasons at Iowa State. I love the progression. 64 in his first year, 83 in his second year, 107 in 2022. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson transferred to Iowa State uh, from Blinn Community College, uh, which if you're not familiar, that is a pretty pretty strong power uh, in the community college ranks. Bryce Ford Wheaton. I would say Bryce Ford Wheaton is in the top five players that I'm just the most interested to see land. He could skyrocket. You know, I think he could be anywhere from a late second round rookie pick to a fourth round sleeper pick, depending on the draft capital, 95th percent uh, vertical jump, 89% broad jump, 90th percentile of 40 yard dash. He's 6'3", 221. What a ridiculous athletic combination there. Uh, Dwayne McBride, a rare power five early declare from the running back position. Dwayne McBride is coming from the University of Alabama, Birmingham. 2,148 rushing yards and 32 touchdowns in 2021 and 2022 combined. I thought he had day two type. A day two tape. Haven't heard a lot of hype about Dwayne McBride, but I really like his tape. I'll tell you who we've heard plenty of hype about is Israel Banacanda, and for good reason. Uh, Banacanda put up nine games of 100 plus rushing yards in 2022. For folks doing some quick mental math, that is most of the games. Against Virginia Tech, he had 320 rushing yards in six touchdowns. Absolutely ridiculous video game numbers. Evan Hull running back at a Northwestern 88 receptions for 810 yards and four touchdowns the past two seasons. A sneaky good pass catcher. Now, I've talked about Eric Gray a ton. I always do, so I'll try to keep it short. But my fun fact for him is he was a four-star recruit to Tennessee. He was the only three-time Mr. Tennessee High School Football Player of the Year, which was awarded to the best uh, football player in each you know conference level for them. Rakeem Jarrett, five-star recruit. He was the fourth wide receiver in the 2020 class. He chose to stay home at the University of Maryland, and he chose that over offers from Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, I, I, oh man, if he had gone to one of those other schools, we might be talking about him in a lot different light right now, but I do still think he gets drafted on day three and he's still somebody to watch here as a sneaky athletic player. Tucker Kraft, tight end out of South Dakota State, 86th percentile broad jump, 64th percentile three cone, 71st percentile 40 yard dash, 84th percentile 10 yard split. That's a Mac draft, mock draftable comp of Todd Heap. That's fun. 66th fact you need to know about the 2023 NFL draft class. We're going to talk about landing spots here. I like the landing spot opportunities for the running backs because there's a lot of opportunity uh, to land behind what I would call an aggregate top 10 offensive line. You can put together a lot of different rankings and just your own opinions. But you look at the types of teams that could realistically draft a running back here in the top you know, two, three rounds. Kansas City, Philadelphia. Atlanta, Baltimore, Dallas, Minnesota, those are all teams with really nice offensive lines, which of course gets us excited for projecting those players once they land there. How about quarterback landing spots? The likely quarterback landing spots include Indianapolis and Carolina, which I would both I would consider both of those to be top 50% offensive lines, like one of the top half best offensive lines in the NFL and that could be super beneficial to a young quarterback and then you look at Atlanta who could is kind of a little bit of a sleeper to pick one but I would say they're you know probably a top 10 offensive unit like I mentioned uh in the last stat 
but then you look at Houston, you look at Tennessee, you look at Las Vegas, all teams that you know very well could end up with a, a quarterback here. They're bottom 50% offensive lines, and some you know bottom 50% is being nice to them. So let's uh, keep that in mind when projecting the quarterbacks that land in those spots. Wide receiver landing spots here, six teams currently in the rookie big board projection. So I have my projection sheet out. It is all built out for every NFL player, you know, translates for fantasy football purposes. And one big part of that resource is that you could see market share. So there are currently six teams in my personal projections with a 20% market share available here that will most likely be uh, distributed to the wide receiver position post-draft. Those teams include Buffalo, Cincinnati, Detroit, Green Bay, Kansas City and Minnesota. Folks, those are some good offenses with some serious potential here. So although we're kind of been uh, hyping down expectations of the wide receiver class, again, not me and you, not that we, but the general we of the draft community here, those landing spots could be really juicy. Now, there's a few more teams, too, that don't have 20% market share, but, you know, teams could easily draft rookies, and it would replace these kind of veteran middling guys that are, you know, sucking up some of that volume. So those teams would be Carolina, Houston, New Orleans, the New York Giants, and the Tennessee Titans. So we have, you know, at least a dozen really juicy landing spots for the wide receivers, tight end landing spots. Uh, there are a few realistic landing spots where uh, one of these top four tight ends that are drafted can be projected into a 15% plus market share, target share uh, for the tight end position. That is a really good number. So we're looking at Cincinnati, Dallas, Detroit, Green Bay, Minnesota, New Orleans, Washington. Now, obviously, there's some overlap there with the wide receiver landing spots, but that's a good sign here for a good tight end class. And one of the guys that helps make it such a good tight end class is Sam Laporta out of Iowa. 57 receptions for 657 yards easily. Easily, folks, easily led the Iowa offense last year. He's very versatile. He played just about everywhere on that field. NFL teams are going to absolutely love him. I've said it once. I'll say it 100 times. Don't be shocked if Laporta sneaks into the top 50 of the NFL draft. Chase Brown, running back out of Illinois, huge jump in production when Brett Bielema came to Illinois. All right, so that was 2021. Brett Bielema saw Chase Brown and said, what are we doing? Why is this guy not just toting the rock every time? And since 2021, Chase Brown has 2,600 rushing yards, 15 touchdowns, second in the Big Ten in rushing yards in 2022, and he was fourth in the NCAA overall. Nathaniel Tank Dell. All right, we know Tank Dell from Houston, where he led the NCAA in receiving yards in 2022 with 1,398. But as a fun fact, he spent a season at Independence Community College, which for folks who know, that's last chance to you. He was not on the docuseries. And that was after starting his career at Alabama A&M, despite getting uh, FBS offers. Andrea uh, Andre Ashivas, I'm normally better at pronouncing that name. We mentioned he's a track star a lot, so I went ahead and I pulled his track uh, honors and records for you, and I'm just going to read them off here. Uh, all right, Ashivas is first team All-American heptathlon in indoor from the 2022 season, NCAA championships qualifier in the heptathlon, Indoor 2022 season, the Ivy League Most Outstanding Field Performer in both 2020 and 2022, the Ivy League Champion in the Heptathlon, Indoor 2019, 2020, and 2022. He's the first team all Ivy League Heptathlon. Folks, this man is good at the Heptathlon. 
But guess what? He's an Ivy League scorer in the decathlon as well. So let's just add in a couple more. Why not? And he holds the Ivy League record for heptathlon 60-69. I don't know what that means, but that is how it was listed on the Princeton website. Uh, so we keep saying he's a track star, folks. That sounds like a track star to me. Charlie Jones. Uh, wide receiver out of Purdue, three teams in four years. He had 18 receptions for 395 yards with Buffalo as a true freshman. He sat out a year in the COVID year of 2020 uh, after transferring to Iowa. And then he had 21 receptions for 323 yards and three touchdowns in 2021 for the Hawkeyes. And then he transfers again to Purdue. And that's when we get to know and love Charlie Jones. 110 receptions for 1,361 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns for the Boilermakers. And that was the second most receiving yards in the NCAA last year. The 75th thing you need to know about the 2023 NFL draft class is about Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed had an awesome true freshman season 56 receptions for 797 yards and eight touchdowns and then Jaden Reed similar to Charlie Jones transferred he only transferred once though he went from Western Michigan to Michigan State and he did that in 2020 all right he had he has three punt returns four touchdowns over the course of his career one for Western Michigan and two for Michigan State I'm a big fan of Jaden Reed I'm a big fan of him as a wide receiver uh, and the fact that he can return punts for touchdowns is just a very nice bonus Tajay Spears he finished hot in 2022 he had eight straight 120 plus yard rushing games he had nine touchdowns in his last four games and folks he kept that momentum going all the way through senior bowl and all the way through combine season so it should carry right over to the nfl draft luke musgrave zero 30 visits for luke musgrave and i know that sounds bad but this actually isn't a negative fact i bring it up to say Luke Musgrave uh, had an injury history. You know, he ended his 2022 season early. I believe it was after just two games. But the fact that no team wanted to bring him in for a 30 visit, despite the fact that he's kind of a consensus top 50 pick, says that teams are cool with it. They think he's healthy. And they think he proved it at the combine, being able to put up a 93rd percentile broad jump, 82nd percentile vertical, 88th percentile 40 time. And of course, there was a lot of medical visits. So I think we're, we're in the clear with Luke Musgrave in terms of his injury history. Will Levis. Will Levis is the second overall recruit from Connecticut in the 2018 class. I mentioned that because I am from Connecticut. I uh, went to Xavier High School. He started at Penn State, but of course, you know, infamously could not beat out Sean Clifford, which is why he transferred to Kentucky. I wanted to mention this because we talked about the third overall recruit in the 2018 class from the state of Connecticut earlier, and that is tight end Luke Schoenmacher, who ended up in Michigan, uh, did not lose any battles to Sean Clifford. Hendon Hooker, 69.6% completion rate, was first in the SEC and seventh in the NCAA in 2022. Uh, 68% completion rate was second in the SEC in 2021. He finished his career with the 11th highest career NCAA passing efficiency rating of 172.2. Dalton Kincaid. Many of you know Dalton Kincaid was a walk-on. He had 44 receptions for 835 yards at FCS San Diego. Transfers to uh, Utah, 890 receiving yards in 2022. That was seventh in the Pac-12. Athletic tight end walks on to a Pac-12 program, ends up being good in the NFL. Does this remind anybody of last year? Greg Dolchich? Anybody? Anybody? All right. Rashi Rice, sixth all-time in receptions from the American Conference with 233 career receptions. 
Folks, uh, all right, it's trivia time again. I'll give you a quick minute here to put in your head the guys that you know that are ahead of Rashi Rice all time in receptions from the American Conference. Ding, 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 time is up. Zay Jones, Zay Jones leads the way. James Prochet and Anthony Miller also ahead of Rashi Rice, but notable players that Rashi Rice is ahead of on that list, Cortland Sutton, Calvin Austin, Gabriel Davis. So, uh, you know, a solid list coming through there. Darnell Washington, a five-star recruit, 23rd overall. I want to point out the fact that he was an athlete uh, as a recruit uh, because I think so many folks expected him to just transfer or switch over, uh, I should say, to being a either a defensive or an offensive lineman because he's such a behemoth and he's such a powerful player. Uh, he is not because he's also a great pass catcher. He's going to play tight end at the next level, but that run blocking is going to be an absolute headache for any defensive coordinator that has to scheme for him. Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker, I'm just here to mention that he has the best Twitter game ever, the hashtag pleased. If you haven't been following Sean Tucker over the last couple of years, you, you strictly you missed out. All right, you flat out, you missed out because he has tweeted after every single game the last couple of years how happy or pleased that he was or was not with his performance. However, his Twitter game took a weird turn when he posted the weirdest, quote, combine ever. It was just a video of him doing combine drills on his own. Very oddly edited as well. It was a really confusing situation here. So we'll see what happens with Sean Tucker, but I do still like him as a prospect. Uh, the guy that I love as a prospect that folks know is Puka Nakua. 39 rushing attempts in 2021 and 2022 for BYU. His only season with the Cougars after transferring from the University of Washington. 357 career rushing yards and five career rushing touchdowns. In fact, in 2022, he had as many career rushing, or I'm sorry, in 2022, he had as many rushing touchdowns with five as he did receiving touchdowns, 10 total touchdowns. That is a, a dual threat offensive playmaker. The 85th thing you need to know about the 2023 NFL draft has to do with Josh Downs. We've been sold on Josh Downs since 2021. And why has that happened? Because he is first in receptions in the ACC, fifth in the NCAA uh, with his reception total. In 2022, his 94 receptions was first in the ACC and sixth in the NCAA. Quinton Johnston. Quinston Johnston in the first four games of the 2022 season had a combined 12 receptions for 114 yards and zero touchdowns. He was non-existent. We had to check back a couple times to make sure he was still on the roster. Despite a pretty weak schedule, I mean, they played Colorado Tarleton State. SMU Oklahoma, not a good Oklahoma team either. In the national championship game, he went one reception for three yards. So why do I bring this up? It circles back to my fact about Max Duggan. Earlier this year, Max Duggan needed to re-win the quarterback battle. Uh, when he needed to win that job, he wasn't throwing the ball to Quinton Johnston. And when he, the national championship was on the line, he also could not get the ball to Quinton Johnston. Zach Evans, a five-star recruit uh, in his class, in the 2020 class. He was the second running back overall in that class. He was behind Bijan Robinson. He was ahead of Tank Bigsby and Jameer Gibbs. He had the weirdest recruitment potentially of all time. I say weirdest, but there's a lot of weird recruitments out there, so probably not the weirdest. 
but Zach Evans basically committed to Georgia, uncommitted to Georgia. Uh, his team won back-to-back state titles, but he was suspended for the end of that title run. Uh, so there were some character questions. There were some academic questions. None of it was really confirmed. He ends up going to TCU very, very late. I think it was like July or August already, but gets on the field for TCU right away, which we talked about relative to Kendrick Miller earlier, and then eventually does end up in the SEC when he transfers to Ole Miss after two years with the Horn Frogs. Tank Bigsby. All right, here's one I really want to drill home. All right, Tank Bigsby was top five in the SEC in rushing yards all three seasons he was at Auburn. He was fifth in 2020. He was fourth in 2021. He was fifth in 2022. If you are familiar with the absolute chaotic dumpster fire that has been Auburn football, especially over the last two years, that stat becomes even more impressive. It becomes even more impressive when you talk about the fact that as a true freshman, he had 834 rushing yards on just 138 attempts. That's six yards per carry and five touchdowns. It is so hard to do as a true freshman in the SEC. All right, you're playing against defensive backs that are just more naturally mature and much bigger than you at that time. So really, really impressive there for Tanks Bigsby. Another really wild recruitment was Cedric Tillman. Uh, Cedric Tillman played for uh, Bishop Gorman, and he had a lot of scouts coming through. I mean, because there were a lot of big-name players. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who we've talked about earlier, he was a mega uh, college recruit uh, from the quarterback position. Brevin Jordan, uh, who was a big uh, college recruit as well. Jalen Naylor. Uh, he shared a team at Bishop Gorman with, with these guys, and he just did not get the same number of looks. He was set to go to a small, a smaller FBS school, I think like Hawaii. I think it was going to be Hawaii was his his end, ends up being his destination. Uh, well, the the brother of a Tennessee coach uh, sees him uh, when he was going to scout one of these other guys. Tips off that Tennessee coach. Uh, the Tennessee coach or and the USC coach, sorry, wanted him. Um, and sorry, this is the 89 stats, so I'm forgetting the name. I know the name of these guys. Um, and, and anyway, the, the brother tips off the Tennessee coach because USC didn't have a scholarship spot. Tennessee didn't have a scholarship spot either, but had kind of reached out to him, talked to him a little bit. On signing day, somebody drops from the Tennessee class with the very last minute on signing day. Tennessee makes an offer to Cedric Tillman. He commits pretty much on the spot, and the rest is history there for Tillman. The 90th thing you need to know about the 2023 NFL draft class has to do with Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims. Mims averaged 20.1 yards per reception in 2022. He was first in the Big 12. He was third in the NCAA. In 2021, he had 22 yards per reception, which was first in the Big 12 and third in the NCAA. By the way, Cedric Tillman's story, real quick, it was the it was the Helton Helton brothers, uh, Tyson uh, Helton. All right, 91. Uh, Tyson Helton was the was the main recruit uh, coordinator on Cedric Tillman. All right, 91. Zay Flowers, 78 receptions in 2022. Two was 30% of his team. His 1,077 receiving yards in 2022 was 36% of the team production uh, of receiving yards. And his 12 touchdowns was 57% of the team production in receiving touchdowns. 92, Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet scored a touchdown in 18 of his 22 games at UCLA. He had six multi-touchdown games, and he had five three-touchdown games. Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer led Notre Dame in receptions every year he was on campus. That included 42 as a true freshman in 2022, 71 in 2021, 67 in 2022, uh, and he doubled the receiving yards in 2022 with 809 of any wide receiver on that team. Jalen Hyatt. 
Jalen Hyatt was top five in the SEC in receiving touchdowns. He was first with 15 uh, yards per uh, yards per reception, yards per catch with 18.9. Receiving touchdowns, he was first with uh, receiving yards. Sorry, he was first with 1267, and third in the SEC in receptions with 67. Jordan Addison led Pitt in receiving. Uh, with 1,593 receiving yards and 17 touchdowns, wins the Belindikoff, then transfers to USC, where he leads USC in receiving with 875 yards and eight touchdowns. Two very different offense, offenses with two very different quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson destroyed the combine. 99th percentile in broad and vertical jump, 98th percentile in 40, 96th percentile in 10-yard split. The 97th thing you need to know about the 2023 NFL Draft class has to do with C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud won the Elite 11 MVP in 2019. For folks who don't know, that is a major, probably the premier, not probably, it is the premier quarterback competition that recruits can participate in as they're getting recruited from high school to college. It skyrocketed his recruitment. It led to him committing to Ohio State. It led to a whole domino effect. But I just wanted to point out that Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson were also finalists in that competition. Speaking of Bryce Young, Bryce Young is a five-star recruit. He was the first dual, first in California, and the 20th all-time recruit, according to 247 Sports. According to 247 Sports, he is the fifth quarterback all-time. So again, it's one more round of trivia here. If you could try to guess the quarterbacks that were higher recruits in order, Vince Young, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Terrell Pryor. The 99th. Thing you need to know about the 2023 NFL draft class is B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson led the Big 12 in rushing touchdowns with 18 and rushing yards with 1,580 in 2022. He was sixth in the entire NCAA in rushing yards. He finished with a 6.3 yards per carry career average. And as a true freshman on 86 attempts, he had 8.2 yards per carry. And number 100 also has to do with B. John Robinson because he deserved two. So I want to talk about his realistic projection. We've talked about him as the dynasty running back one. Can he be the running back one overall? Well, to do that, let's look at the two players who probably have the most close projections here. And again, we don't know landing spot, but let's be, you know, let's look at Saquon Barkley, who B. John Robinson's skill set probably best resembles. Then let's look at Jonathan Taylor, who got a really prime landing spot with a really good offensive line around him. Uh, so Saquon Barkley had 261 rushing yards for 1,300 uh, rushing yards, 5 yards per rush, 11 rushing touchdowns, and he had 121 targets, a 75% catch rate, 721 receiving yards, and 4 receiving touchdowns. That was really fantastic. I think Bijan Robinson could see a very similar projection line. I'd say the one difference, I think 261 rushing yards is maybe a little high, and I think 121 targets is high. So I could see probably closer to, you know, 240 rushing attempts and uh, maybe 80 targets, 85 targets, which would still be really great. Again, I'm not plugging this into a projection sheet, but I want to give you two examples of guys that could have similar projections. Jonathan Taylor, 
I think is going to be like a little bit lower than, than what we're going to have for Bijan Robinson. 232 rushing attempts as a rookie, 1,169 rushing yards. Again, five yards per rush. Again, 11 rushing touchdowns. He had 39 targets. He had 299 receiving yards, and he had one receiving touchdown. So the bottom line here is, folks, there is a legitimate historical argument for B. John Robinson to be the running back one right off the bat, um, or at least a top five running back in seasonal. And there's a legitimate historical argument for B. John Robinson to be the dynasty running back one right off the bat. Obviously, we want a good landing spot, uh, but there's a lot to like about B. John Robinson. And folks, there's a lot to like about the entire 2023 NFL draft class. There's at least 100 things to like about the draft class. It's a fun episode. I hope you enjoyed it too. Much longer, much different format than most rookie big board episodes. But hey, folks, I'm just going to be honest. If you listen to the whole thing here and you're not a rookie big board patron, you're missing out. You're missing out on one of the best values out there. You clearly have the sicko mode in you. You're clearly on the same wavelength as us. You clearly enjoy chopping it up in the Discord. And you clearly need access to the rankings and the rookie guide. So head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board and get in on that now. Just $3 a month or if you sign up for the annual, you get 15% off. Folks, as always, but especially on this long episode and especially during draft week, I appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Board. Board. 